Welcome to the Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. Real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. God so loved the world, but do we realize that he still does? God uses people's stories to encourage and enlighten us to continue growing, learning, and living with hope. Here, you will find the love of God speaking to you through the stories of others. Thank you for joining us today. Hello and welcome. My name is Tony Lee Adamson, and I'm so thankful that you're here joining us today. We're going to be continuing the topic of conversations with God, and I entitled it House of Prayer. Often in the Bible, Jesus and God the Father has referred to where his presence dwells as the house of prayer. I know that today in uh, in these times, we sometimes look at the church as the house of prayer. But did we realize that when we come to know Jesus and he fills us with his Holy Spirit, then each of our bodies becomes sacred because they house prayer. We become God's house of prayer. And that's why conversations with God is such an important topic. What does it really mean to practice the presence of prayer? Well, simply stated, prayer is a conversation or two-way communication with the Lord. No relationship can exist without some soul, some form of communication. And our primary form of communication with God is through an act of prayer. Prayer reveals to us and to God that we know he exists. It is without, like without prayer, we are not showing our faith and faith is what God rewards. So even our 911 prayers of, oh Lord, oh God, help me or get me out of this situation. I've also heard them called arrow prayers where we're shooting the arrow up into the heavens, hoping that God will hear it or will, you know, will get God's attention. But God tells us that he does hear us. He not only says he hears us, his ear is not too short to hear or his arm too short to save, but he also tells us that he goes with us wherever we go. We saw that in uh, Exodus 33, when Moses said, God, I don't want to go if your presence doesn't go with us. And now through Jesus, God has made it possible that wherever we go and whatever we do and whatever situation we find ourselves in, God is with us. So we're going to talk about conversation and what does it mean to be in conversation. Well, firstly, when we choose to have a conversation with another person, we are saying that we care about that person and we're willing to listen to what that person thinks, feels, and wants. Uh, I was talking to a friend and uh, she said to me, I don't really want to have this conversation with her significant other because she said, I know exactly what the answer will be. So why even engage 
in the conversation. And the reason why we engage in conversation, even if it's not going to change our outcome, even if we have decided that we're going to do what we want to do anyway. So it's not, the conversation isn't asking permission, but it's actually saying, I just need to hear what you think, how you feel, and what you would want in this situation. We still have free will or the choice in every relationship to do what we want, to do what we think, to do what we feel is best. But just like talking to another person, it's the same thing with God. When we choose to engage in conversation with God or allow God into our thoughts, we are saying to God, listen, God, I know that I don't meet up to your standards. I know, God, that I'm not, I'm not worthy to even talk to you. I know, God, that I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. But I want to talk to you about it because I do want to hear what you think, how you feel, and really what you want. Now, his response or answer, we might not even wait around for. But just by opening up our heart and asking for our ears to be opened, we then give God the opportunity or the the chance to poke us or prod us or to be sensitive to hear him back. So if we decide, well, we're going to go do this anyway, it doesn't matter what God thinks. and I don't even care if I feel guilty about it. This is what I want to do. God's not going to force his way on you. If we include God in our thoughts or our plans, he's not going to barge in and say, don't do that or, or try to make us feel guilty. That is not the role of the Holy Spirit. That is not the role of God. He is kind. I mean, I was thinking about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I was thinking how when we have a conversation with God, his response to us is filled with peace. It's filled with joy. It's filled with love and kindness. He is patient with us. I mean, what a nice thing. So when we hear the Lord or we open up the Bible to seek to know God better, the result in our life is to be peaceful, is to be to be known that we're loved. It's to understand that God is so patient and willing to work with us. God is not a master that he wants to whip us into obedience. God gave us free choice. So our conversation with him is one of free choice that we can actually say, say to God, God, this is what I'm thinking of doing today. If you really feel that I'm going down the wrong path or the wrong direction, can you please nudge me in some way? Just by opening up our heart to having him intervene makes us more sensitive to his work in our life. 
I think that's why this is going to be our last episode on conversations with God. Prayer will continue to be talked about continually because we don't have a relationship with God at all without prayer. And that is our way to communicate to God. But I really want to talk about the Holy Spirit next because it is the role of the Holy Spirit that counsels us, comforts us, directs us, leads us, and conforms us really into the ways of God. And it's very important to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The goal is never to edify the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's job is to edify Jesus or to bring us to Jesus. And then Jesus's role is to bring us to the Father. It's through the blood and the death of Jesus that now we have a relationship with the Trinity, to the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And especially nowadays, the Holy Spirit has gotten a, a bad rap, I guess forever he has. Um, and I've got to tell you that when I was in seminary, they said that the Holy Spirit is gender neutral. And if anything, it's feminine. So um, I think of that that show um, where the the shack of or the sh I think it was called the shack where they had uh in the movie they had god who is the father as an african-american woman played that role and i know a lot of people said gosh that's so odd to think of god as a woman you know so uh but really god is spirit and the holy spirit uh in Proverbs 8, talks about how the Holy Spirit is filled with wisdom and how wisdom cries out. And in Proverbs 8, wisdom is described as a female or a she. She cries out to us. She is the one who's seeking us out as much as we are trying to seek her out. So the next episodes will be about the Holy Spirit. And if any of you have a story about the movement of God in your life, which really is the movement of the Holy Spirit. And you would like to share that. I'd love to hear your story. So please feel free to message me through Daily Disciples on Facebook or even Tony Lee Adamson. Just for those of you listening now, you are listening to uh, the Daily Disciples podcast. My name is Tony Lee Adamson. Bobby Brooks and myself are co-founders of Daily Disciples Ministries. We've had that 501c3 ministry for about 20 years now, and we are continuing to uh, be faithful to our commitment we made to the Lord to continue to share His love. And primarily, our ministry is for women, that women are helping women change their world for the better because we each have a world that we live in. God so loved the world, but now we each have our world to share the love of God. So as we continue now, I just I just wanted to let you know that this is a part of our next thing that we're doing. So Daily Disciples then also embraced a company called Media for Women, where we helped empower women get online to use their gifts and talents and hopefully make 
some uh, extra financial resources to help their family and help their own lives. And now we're doing another venture and it's called uh, Connections Network TV. So you can go to connectionsnetwork.tv and then we also have an app called Connections Network TV or The Connections Network TV, which is the easiest way to find that on Apple apps and also Google Play. So going back to conversations with God and actually engaging in a conversation with God is telling God that we have faith to believe he's listening and God is the rewarder of those who have faith or who call out to him. And it's also opening our heart enough to allow the Lord to speak back. How does God talk back to us? He does it through, I would say, every means on earth. I mean, I've heard the Lord speak to me through movies. I, I was uh, hearing people say that Top Gun movie was a bromance, the one that the second one that came out with Tom Cruise. Because when, uh, for those of you who saw Top Gun, and I'm thinking that most of us have at this point, but there's a part in the movie that um, one of the actors says to Tom Cruise, you have to let go or let it go is what you know they had in the movie Frozen for the kids. But And that a lot of men in the movie theaters were crying during that time because it really spoke into the heart of men. Well, many of us had heard the prompting of let it go or let go in a variety of different things. And now all of a sudden it's on the movie screen. Could that be, quote, the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Absolutely. Uh, God can use anything. I mean, Jesus said the rocks would cry out. And I can tell you that when I'm in nature, I hear the Lord a lot, that still small voice whispering to me, or even having that sense of peace or sensing the presence of God in the stillness. I hear God. I feel God. So conversations with God come from a variety of different means. It comes from other people in your life. It comes from the still small voice in your head. It comes from the word of God when you open it up. It comes from pastors and teachers that speak forth the word of God. It, but God can use anything. He's not limited by anything. Think of it this way. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was a box. And when anyone touched that box, they dropped dead. So if we think that God is limited to a box, we are wrong. He is active and alive. And when we come to know God, he moves through our hearts because we are known as the house of prayer. So in Second Chronicles, when Solomon was dedicating the temple of God, it was the first established temple that King David laid out the plans and even was collecting a lot of materials. But then King Solomon, his son, was given the task to build the temple. When King Solomon was dedicating the temple to God, he said things like, and God, when we turn our face to this temple, hear us. When we sin, but decide to turn our face to this temple, can you please 
hear us, restore us, forgive us. And he goes through a list of things. Solomon says, when there is famine or blight or you know, catastrophes on this earth, but we turn to you, Lord, we turn to this temple and acknowledge you. Will you hear us and answer us? And it's also in these passages that the church people today say, if your people will turn to you and pray, will you hear us and intervene? And, and that's what the temple of God represented, the presence of God, the listening ear of God, the uh, ever magnificent holiness of God dwelling on earth. And, um, and what happened when Jesus came to the earth, he said, every you know, stone of this temple will be destroyed, but in three days it will be raised up or it will rise up. And, you know, the Jewish Pharisees and, and religious people called that blasphemy. Like, who is God to say that, that the presence of his holy temple would be destroyed? Well, in 70 AD, around 30 plus years after Jesus died, it was conquered and destroyed completely. But when Jesus was referring to, but three days, it will again rise. He was talking about his own body, how his body represented the temple of God. And then when his body was broken for us on the cross, the, the uh, veil that separated the daily working of the priest from the holy of holy presence in that temple. When Jesus died in that cross, that veil that was like an inch thick ripped and it ripped in half, letting all of us know that now we, the, the followers of Jesus, those who have come to Jesus, can enter boldly into the Holy of Holies. And how do we do that? Through prayer that we enter boldly into the Holy of Holies, that we can present our prayers and our requests to God, and that in time of mercy, He extends grace to us, that we can actually give our burdens to Him. And I think about Romans 8 when we talk about that, because now we have become that house of prayer, right? Our bodies have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're told that in 1 Corinthians 3, that Paul says, Do you not know, brethren and sisterin, <laughs> that your bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit? And what he's basically saying is, you know, have regard for this body. And I know sometimes we get the body confused with the flesh, the word flesh is sarks in the New Testament, and flesh represents the things that are against God. It represents like our impulses, being all the things that are not the Holy Spirit. So it represents things that aren't patient, that aren't loving, that aren't kind, <laughs> that aren't faithful, that aren't you know gentle, that have no self-control. That's what the flesh represents. And Paul tells us in Romans 8 
The flesh can do nothing. It only brings death. And that means death to our hopes and our dreams and even in our prayer life. But the things of the spirit bring life and peace. So when our bodies represent the temple of the Holy Spirit and our spirits connect to God's spirit as we enter into the throne of grace boldly, which is the highest of heavens. Uh, Revelation 8 says that our prayers enter straight into the throne room of God. And in that throne room, our prayers are actually put on the altar of God, where it's put in golden bowls, and then it gets mixed with fire that become an incense or a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Our prayers are a pleasing aroma to God. Is that not amazing? This morning when I spent time reading in the ESV daily Bible, um, I had a candle lit. And you know, I know that that gets really confusing because I was raised Catholic and we used to light candles you know, before the saints and almost as if, you know, I, I presented my prayer and I'm going to light a candle to leave it here with that saint. And we get a little confused when, when the churches have tended to take things that are earthly in nature and make them about the church instead of just about, you know, reminding us about we're lights of the world. So we light the candle to remind us that we are a light of the world, that we are a little Christ. That's what Christian means, little Christ, that we follow in the way of Jesus or follow in the way of our Savior and our Lord. So this morning I lit a candle. Why? Because not because my mind now goes back to the Catholic Church and lighting the candle in front of the saint, but now because lighting that candle and smelling the aroma reminds me of Romans 8 and that my prayers, I am asking God to have them lifted right into the Holy of Holies where he mixes them with fire or that flickering light and that they make a pleasing aroma to him. And just like we like the smell of candles and we like the smell of incense and we like the smell of even, you know, a barbecue, right? God. God is personified and that he likes to smell too. I mean, we are made in the image of God and, and these things are pleasing aromas to him. And I want to represent that pleasing aroma to God. So I want to keep my heart opened in those ways. So as uh, I...
with God is being willing to wrestle with the Lord. Jacob wrestled with God and he did not let go of the angel of God until he said, bless me. And then we hear in Isaiah 1, God says, come, let us reason together, though your sins are like are like crimson, like so stained, I will make them white as snow. And for those of us who wash and we're in the medical field, we know how bad it is to get blood out of clothing. I mean, it's a good thing that when I was uh, first started nursing, it was a good thing I wore white because I used bleach a lot during those times um, to really get that blood stain out. And and God says now that he can make our sins as white as snow, as, as something that doesn't make a stain. It's only the blood of Christ stained that we really want on our garments, right? We, we want to be clothed in, in the things of God. And so in Romans 8, Verse 26 says, likewise, the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, also helps in our weaknesses. And boy, don't we have a lot? I mean, I have so many weaknesses. I went to do this podcast today and and uh, before I got out of the car, I needed something in the way back seat. So I, I like, like uh, hit the handle so that the seat would come forward and it hit me right in the right temple. I'm like, oh, you know, one thing after another, just showing us how weak we are at times. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I know that many people in different denominations can say that's the gift of tongues, that the gift of tongues is making the groaning for us. But, you know, I've also found that there are times that we become so weak that the groanings are literal groanings, that we're on our knees, we're on our face, and we have no words. And literally, it is a groaning. And you know, even groanings that are pointed to God, pointed to the heavens in our heart, the Spirit of God intervenes and intercedes with words of exactly what our heart is saying, verse 27, now he who searches the hearts know what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So it's in those times of groanings. I mean, there's many churches that don't believe in the gift of tongues. So you can't say that only the gift of tongues counts as groanings. It doesn't. And and I will talk about the gift of tongues in depth and in length uh, in the next series, the next episodes of the Holy Spirit. But right now, I just want to say for, for those of you who do speak in tongues, many people who have the gift of tongues are just giving praise to God. That's what your tongue is. It is a, it is a tongue of worship. It is a tongue of praise. And it's a beautiful thing and it will lift you up because whenever we praise God, I mean, look, look at the elders around the throne of God in Revelation 4 as they throw themselves down and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I mean, that's what we're going to be doing in heaven. We are made to worship and it makes us feel better when we worship. If it is in our native tongue or if it is in a tongue that has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. 
But then there are many people who, quote, don't believe in tongues. And if you don't believe in tongues, the likelihood that you're going to get the gift is very, very rare because God will not force his will on you. Now, I do know that my pastor, he said that he was Baptist and suddenly he got the gift of tongues and that was it. You know, I mean, so, um, but there are many of us who don't have the gift of tongues and that is fine. I mean, and but regardless if you have the gift or not if you are in a place of desperation if you are in a place that you don't know how to pray you just want to pray god's will to be done well groaning to the lord counts as prayer it counts and the holy spirit will intercede for you and he will make intercession according to the will of god so know that no matter what kind of conversation we are making as long as our hearts and our minds are turned towards the lord it is considered prayer and then in our groaning sometimes the spirit of god is just quiet and that's the greatest ministering to us because we find comfort in his peace when jesus showed up in the inner room on resurrection sunday what did he say peace be with you that's in both the gospel according to luke and the gospel according to john and why would jesus say peace be with you because he is the essence of peace and he was with them peace be with you so prayer is designed to be a two-way conversation we talk as well as listen to the lord to hear him talk back but I know that uh, many of my, my close friends, they wanted to know how to hear God speaking to them. They knew that God was trying to get their attention and they could sense God moving in their life, but they didn't really know if that was God speaking to them. And I have to say that, you know, I, I am blessed greatly because when i came to know jesus at 14 i heard the voice of god immediately now it was through the word of god uh, my mom has said often that she would walk past my bedroom and see me just reading the bible nonstop. and she has said you know she led me to the lord and she'd said she had far more of a hunger for God than, than my mother did, who was in a great Bible study at the time with great friends and in church leadership. And, and her resume would go on and on and on when I was just, you know, 14, 15 year old. But I literally would read the word and take it that God was talking to me, that he was literally talking to it, it there was no question in my mind that it was god talking to me maybe because suddenly my mind was opened to comprehend the scriptures in a way that i just understood it and i wasn't raised in the catholic church to read the bible i mean the catholic church on sunday morning their mass is filled with biblical concepts it is I, I know many protestants who love to attend a catholic mass because they understand the components of the mass and there is a bible reading included in the mass in the you know the uh pamphlets that we 
that we read or that is still being read today. But the Catholic people in CCD catechism aren't necessarily, well, most of us were not told that that is the Bible and you can read it yourself. I mean, that's why the the Reformation came with Martin Luther, who did not want to leave the Catholic Church. I say that over and over. He had no intention of creating the Reformation. You know, I mean, he was definitely the instrument that then had its own fire. My brother said that best even about uh, President Trump, that there is a movement that gives attribute to Trump and Trump had nothing to do with it. Like, like the movement of Trump has its own life that is apart from Trump. Trump is just the figurehead of many movements that people give credit to Trump. Well, that's kind of like Martin Luther. Martin Luther definitely had the heart of God that the people should be able to read the word of God and that the people should not continue to be giving alms and all this donations to the church, which were absolutely gorgeous when the people were so poor. So he definitely had, you know, a message of truth. And then he was the one responsible for getting the Bible into the language of the people so that the people could read it. But the Protestant movement was far greater than Martin Luther, who was in hiding for his life while he was translating the Bible, you know? So, so um, we have to understand that we are so blessed today that we have the word of God. And in the beginning, I found that God spoke to me in his word only. And I would read something and then I would talk to God about that verse in the Bible and I would listen and hear what God had to say. And of course, I had childlike faith. I was a child. I mean, of course, you know, I mean, we look at our children sometimes and think, wow, the theology that comes out of these little babes' mouths are just amazing, right? So uh, we do have, um, we have a desire to, to talk to God, but God also has a desire to talk back to us. I mean, that is the way that's the way God moves. It's it's relationship. Jesus came to this earth and had 12 disciples to talk to that he prayed for, that we learned from, that he was in relationship with. This weekend at the church service that I attended, the pastor said, "You know, God loves us to ask him why." He loves to answer that question. Well, how is he going to answer that question if we're not in prayer or in conversation with God? Now, does he answer it right away? No, he does not answer it right away. I mean, I, I remember just recently I was on my knees praying, praying, praying. Why, God? Why? How did I end up in this situation? How did I end up going down this path? How did I... I thought I heard you so clearly. I like I was going on and on and all of a sudden out of the blue. And it seems like an audible voice because it's so loud in my head. But out of the blue, I heard God say, and you went through this other trial that was a good eight years ago because you needed to go to seminary. And I thought, what? I 
asked you why that was happening in my life years ago. You're answering that question now when I'm beseeching you or coming to you in prayer about this problem? I mean, so sometimes we're not ready to hear the answer, but God does love us to ask him why. And God is not threatened or intimidated by anything we ask him. He is big enough to handle our anger. And when we are angry, he is the person we should be telling because he can handle it far more than a lot of the people in our lives, right? And the only person who can really change the dynamics that are going on in our life is God. So it is best to get him included or get him involved. Bobby loves it when I uh, share this story. So it's just come to my mind. So I'm going to share it again. Before I say that, I just want to say you're listening to Daily Disciples Podcast. My name is Tony Lee Adamson. I am a co-founder of Daily Disciples Ministries. Bobby Brooks is the other co-founder, and we've had that 501c3 for a good 20 plus years now. And we are very thankful for the online world. And now um, we're blessed to not only have done live radio and also a syndicated radio show across the nation for 10 plus years but now we can actually have a podcast which is you know far less expensive i can tell you that and also so accessible so much more accessible than than radio so uh thank you for listening i just want to uh point you to the website of dailydisciples.org and also our new venture, which is ConnectionsNetwork.tv. Connections Network is also an app that you can download in Google Play or Apple uh, for your phones. And um, it's a free app. It's best to type in when you're in your app store, The Connections Network, because we're just starting to launch it. So uh, we have over 80 videos already up and ready and, you know, and playing on the Connections Network. And they're all filled with Bible study content. And, uh, and now we're starting to branch out to do different things. Like if you're a coach and you have good, good videos, we'd love for you to contact us. We can put them up on this network. If you are, you know, into cooking or any lifestyle things, uh, and you have good video content, we would love, and it's really original content, and you want to have exposure that's greater than YouTube, this is it. I mean, this is in line with like the Netflix apps and the Hulu apps and all the other apps we see on television. And really, our uh, app is also on Roku TV, Roku TV. So please know that if if you are interested in uh, getting a greater exposure, please contact us through dailydisciples.org or Facebook, Tony Lee Adamson, Bobby Brooks, uh, Media for Women. We have plenty of Facebook pages that you can find us on also. Okay, so getting back to the story that Bobby likes me sharing. So years ago when my children were little, my son was in, um, I think it was the first grade. My daughter was in preschool. Then my third child was just a couple months old. 
and I had picked my two children, my oldest two children up from school and I was in a van and we were heading back home for the night. And I knew I was going to be by myself that night. My husband wouldn't be home. And as we were driving back and I'm turning to get into the neighborhood, all of a sudden my son and my daughter are kicking each other, pulling each other's hair, poking one another, and they're in the very back row of the van. So I can't reach them. And with their escalating emotion and words and voice and, you know, crying and screaming at each other, then all of a sudden my baby, Ellie, she starts screaming too. I mean, all three of them are, you know, out of control. And I didn't know what to do because I'm thinking, oh my, I have to go home and I have to feed the kids. I have to, and I, I already had a hard day and I already had a headache and now it's becoming worse. So I didn't know what to do. And I just grabbed onto the steering wheel and I prayed out loud, God, I am heading home and I am going to be all alone with these three kids and I am outnumbered and I don't know how I'm going to get through the night. I need your help. Can you please help me? And all of a sudden, all three kids stopped and were quiet. And I heard Robbie, my son, whisper to my daughter, Emily, and say, Emily, we better knock it off. Mom just got God involved. And right then it was like just including the Lord, just by getting God involved, just by praying out loud in the car. All three kids even knew to be quiet. I mean, Ellie was just months old. I think she was like six months old. So it, it was, it's just amazing that when we get God involved, when we open up our heart to get God involved, he is there. And like I said, earlier. If we don't have words to pray, if we just say, oh God, your will, oh God, your will. Well, even if God's will is going to be done, we want to be prepared for it, right? I mean, that can't become just a prayer that we could just kind of throw out there. Like I must be in God's will because I'm asking for God's will. Well, when God's will does manifest itself, sometimes it's not really what we thought or even what we wanted at that point. Or what we expected. I mean, think of Jesus. Jesus said, take this cup from me. Like, God, I don't want this will to be done. I don't want to go to the cross. And Jesus ended it by saying, but not my will, your will be done. Well, that's because Jesus knew what God's will was. So we can't hide behind the prayer, God, just your will, God, just your will. Because we ask the Lord to get involved, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he messes things up. He stirs things up. It's like asking to remodel our kitchen, right? We, we want to remodel the kitchen. We pick out the new countertops. We, we're going to get our, you know, our, our wood um, cabinets painted. We're going to pick new colors and new themes. And we're so excited about it. We have all these pictures from Pinterest or Etsy, you know, all over the place, all the bulletin boards, because we like this, this on this picture and this on that picture. And we're trying to pull it all together. And then all of a sudden, the contractors come in and they bring their saws and their hammers and they bring, you know, their crowbars and they're going to rip everything apart. And, and we don't like the dust. And we're running around with our vacuum cleaner trying to clean up the dust. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. 
When we say, Lord, get involved with this, the Holy Spirit comes in and he messes things up. And then we're trying to go around and fixing things to be the old way when we've been praying for something new. And we just don't like the dust in the process. Well, that's what prayer is. Prayer opens our heart to understand that this is a process. Salvation is not only a prayer to be saved. It is a process to be worked out. And so when we pray, and here's a lot of P's for us all, okay? When we pray, we are pursuing, pursuing, pursuing God. How do we do that? We open up the word. How do we do that? We ask to have ears to hear. We ask to have eyes to see. We ask that our minds may be open to comprehend the scriptures. We ask that we may have more wisdom from the Holy Spirit that we can grasp the mind of God. We pursue, we pursue, we pursue. It's like the verse um, in the Psalms, as the deer pants for the waters, so my soul pants for you. That, that uh, picture of the deer panting for water is like a mother who has lost her child, how she is looking desperately for her lost child. That's, that is the illustration of the deer panting for water, okay? It's, it's we are seeking God. We are asking, seeking, knocking for God to answer the door. So we are pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And while God is stirring things up through the Holy Spirit, while God is trying to get our attention, then we are patiently waiting. We are patiently waiting to see God move. We are patiently waiting to watch the Holy Spirit work. We are patiently waiting as we open up the word of God. There's, I think it's in Psalm 4 that says, I have weaned my heart so that it is still enough to hear God. I have learned the hard way that I can talk and talk and talk and talk to God. But until I have exhausted myself in conversation to God, and I am willing now to wean my heart to a place of silence and stillness, to patiently listen, and that I desire to hear God's answer now louder than he has heard me. That's when I hear God's voice. Habakkuk is a great illustration of that in the Old Testament. Habakkuk was very angry to watch what God was doing on earth with his people. And Habakkuk said, I am going to stand my ground until you answer me and tell me why. And I am not going to stop pursuing you until you tell me why. And it's a very small book in Habakkuk. And God answered and said, I can tell you, but you're not going to want to hear it. And Habakkuk said back to God, no, I want to hear it. I am not going to leave this situation until you tell me why. And then God proceeded to tell Habakkuk why he was intervening the way he was and how he was intervening the way he would be with his people. And Habakkuk's answer was, I can't believe it. 
I can't believe you're going to do this. And, and it was kind of like God saying, I told you so. I told you you wouldn't believe it. But by the end of Habakkuk's book, he says, I'm trying to find it now. Here it is. Oh, I got to it. Okay. By the end of, um, I think it's chapter three. It says, yep, chapter three. The end of chapter three, this is what Habakkuk finally said. He said, here we go. I'm in verse 11, Habakkuk 3.11. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. He said, I heard, verse 16, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. So that was God's answer to Habakkuk. Habakkuk was saying, why are your people God or Habakkuk's, you know, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and ancestors? Why are your people behaving this way? And what are you going to do about it? That's what Habakkuk was waiting for God's answer. And Habakkuk stood firm until he heard. And God said, you're not going to believe it, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to raise up a nation that's even worse than my people. A nation that sins far worse than what you are saying about my people, Habakkuk. I'm going to raise them up and they're going to invade your people. And it's going to humble my people. And Habakkuk said, I can't believe that that's your answer. I can't believe that you are actually going to allow a nation that's more sinful than your nation to invade them, to humble them. And so Habakkuk was disturbed by God's answer, but did God answer him? Absolutely. Will God tell you why and how? Absolutely. But you have to be in a place of pursuing God and desiring to hear him louder than you want him to hear you. And I got to tell you, it's hard. You've got to wean your body. You've got to get the emotion out of the way. You know, when we're desperate, we pray differently. When we're crying, we pray differently than when we're happy. When we're in a catch-22 that's causing depression from the depths of our heart to our mind, we pray very differently. God uses our emotions and all the various types of emotions to pray differently. But when we really want answers, God will give them to us. And then Habakkuk continues by saying in verse 17, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. In other words, if this world as we know it falls apart, if the fruit trees don't have any more fruit, and if the cattle can't feed us any longer, if the way we know how the world provides for our bodies fail completely. 
Habakkuk says in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in God, my savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. So Habakkuk did not understand God's way, but he did choose to acknowledge that God is sovereign and we are not. And I know many of us have trouble with that. I mean, you can't tell me that if you really walk with the Lord, you don't, you, we are constantly in a place of just accepting God's will. That's like, to even say that is like a farce. I mean, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have persecution, but take heed, I've overcome the world. And then he says, it's not the world that's going to give you peace. It's me. And when does Jesus give us peace? When we are desperate, right? When we are desperate, longing for his peace. I mean, it's been said that when things are going right, we don't call out to God. Like, there's like no need for God. It's when things are are stressful and out of control is when we really search for God. And that's what conversations with God is. I've learned that if I can pray about the little tiny things and I see God answering, then I can trust him with the really big things. The difference is a conversation is two-way. We talk, God talks. How many of us can really discern the voice of God? How many of us can really know the voice of God and then be confident in it? Not arrogant, but confident. And tell you the truth, it's not only confidence, it's humble. Because when God reveals himself to us in his word, we put our own spin and twist on it. And we have to be trained by the spirit of God to understand the mind of God. We are constantly undoing the flesh and surrendering ourselves to the Lord to actually walk by faith and not by sight, right? Second Corinthians 5. That's the goal, that we walk by faith. And faith means that we don't necessarily see or get what God is doing as evidenced in the book of Habakkuk. But we can have the heart of God and have the knowledge of God if we really pursue him. So we pursue God and we patiently wait until God produces peace in our hearts that we can say, not our will, but your will be done. And then we see God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Because the Lord does tell us in Amos 3.3, surely he does nothing without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. That's actually Amos 3.7. Uh, Amos 3.3 is, do the two not walk together unless they both agree? So our heart is to walk with God in agreement. That means one of us is going to win in the conversation. And obviously we know it's the Lord. I think all of us are thankful that we are not God and we do not have that responsibility of being God. We are Christ-like or little Christs. We are not God. And, uh, and it's good to know when we can get off our throne and let him reign, that he will have our heart and then he will speak into our ears. So as we are uh, closing up conversations with God, I just want to give you a couple of words of encouragement 
that have come to my mind during this podcast. Um, prayer is a topic that is ongoing because our relationship with God is ongoing. It is, it is a process that we walk out. It is a relationship that, that we're in the process of uh, working with God and God is spirit. We are spirit too. Our spirit comes alive when we come to know God. But we also know how real our flesh is. And we also know that we have many things that get in the way. Our will, our wants, our thoughts, our desires. I mean, we have a lot of things that that distract us and also call to us, you know, that, that we don't have control over a lot of times. So it is a, a process to walk out the things of God. So prayer is a is a constant place of including God in conversation, saying to him, God, I I love you and I care about what you think. And even though I do feel like I'm being rebellious in this right now, I want to tell you. There's so many times that I have to say to the Lord, I am so sorry that I have that thought. I am so sorry because I know it doesn't represent you. And why do I know that? Because it's not peaceful or it's not loving or it's not kind or or it's, you know, um, selfish. I mean, and just acknowledging it while you're having a conversation with God cleans the slate that your heart remains open, right? When those thoughts come to mind, bring them up to God. He already knows what's in our heart. Nothing surprises him. So let's get it exposed to him. Well, I've I've read many documentaries about like Dwight Moody, R.A. Torrey, Charles Spurgeon. And these people were unbelievable evangelists and pastor teachers who understood God's heart and walked that out on earth. But there were many people that they prayed and prayed and prayed for. And then books were written later that some of their very best friends on this earth did not come to know Jesus personally until their death. And I know that our prayers many times are consumed with our loved ones, that we want God to intervene, that we want God to move, that we want God to, you know, save them or work a miracle or or act in their behalf. And we don't see our prayers answered and we get discouraged and we get frustrated. And what we do is we start pouting against God in our prayers like, well, God, if you don't do this for me, then, you know, I'm just not going to come to you or I'm not going to work for you or I, I don't want to listen to you until I see you moving in my prayers. Well, you might see him moving in your prayers, but it might be upon your deathbed. And I don't think that's what we want either. So I think, you know, the, the Proverbs say better is, you know, an alive dog than, you know, a dead person. You know, I mean, to be to be walking on this earth and to continue to pray for our loved ones is a blessing in itself. But we have to trust the results to God. Okay? He is God, we are not. And we cannot keep quoting his verses and telling him what he has to do. Because God is going to do what God knows is best. And some of the prayers we're praying may not be fulfilled until we are not on this earth anymore. Absent in the body is present with the Lord. And even that we have to say, not my will, but your will be done. 
So it is a good thing to pray honestly, openly, with a good heart and mind, asking for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, asking us, asking the Lord to give us wisdom, asking us to change our minds to the mind of Christ, asking for our flesh to decrease so that his spirit within us can increase, that our ears are suddenly opened to the movement of God, not our will, but God's will. And I didn't plan on going this long in this podcast, but I want to end since this is my quote last episode on conversations with God, because I want to enter in to episodes on the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think there's a lot of confusion about that. And um, it's been on my heart so greatly. I want to dive into that next. But I want, I want to tell you something. I said already that when I was 14 and 15 years old, um, I came to know Jesus personally. And I looked at the Bible as a love letter and I heard the Lord. I heard the Lord clearly. I mean, I was not taught how to hear God's voice. I would just read the Bible and know that was God. I mean, I don't know how that happened. I, I'm attributing it to childlike faith. I was a child. I was, you know, a teenager. And I sought God so much as a high schooler that I heard God. I, I, I just did. But as life continues, life circumstances happen. And I can tell you that for many believers, there's a 10-year mark that I have heard consistently now for years that, you know, you're walking with the Lord so strongly. And then at 10 years, there is just some crisis in faith. Like just like, God, where are you? Or God, do I know you? Or God, <laughs> like, it's like God pulled the rug from underneath you and your prayers are just hitting the ceiling now and they're not entering the throne room of God. And we are like in a place of confusion, in a place of, of uh, you know, no peace and no patience and and raw emotion and uh it's like everything got dark and yet you worship a god of light and i've heard that over and over well i can tell you that the only way i've been able to get through times like that or even times in my life that i kept praying and praying and praying about the same thing over and over and over i mean and jesus even says don't pray prayers over and over and over you know like like they get in such a habit that you just close your eyes. And that's the first prayer you pray that you don't even realize you're praying it anymore. It's it's such a habit. Uh, you almost lose your passion for it because it's just like, I'm just going to keep beseeching God or just keep knocking on that door until he opens it. And then you forget that you're saying it. It's in It's with those types of prayers when I have not seen God move that I don't know what God is doing. I mean, I'll even pray other prayers just to see if God is answering any of my prayers. Like, am I in the way of, of him answering the prayers? Or if it's is this not the prayer he wants me to pray now? Or I'm not hearing what he has to say about this prayer. Like, what is it? It's times like that, that sometimes you need to ask somebody else to pray for you out loud. 
So you go to a person that you respect or you go to a person that's outside of your area of influence or your, your circle of friends and you say, okay, God has placed you on my heart. I just want to tell you something I am praying about. And you just tell that person what you're praying about and why you're praying it. And then you ask that person to pray for you. Now, some people have prayed right there on the spot for me. Other people have said, let me pray about it and then come back to you. When you hear the person pray for you, I ask the Lord to open your heart and mind to hear what they're saying because their prayer brings a completely different perspective. And I have found tremendous freedom, tremendous relief, tremendous peace when somebody else has prayed for me because I can hear the heart of God interceding for me through their words. So not only does Romans 8 say the Spirit of God will intercede for you, he will, absolutely. But other people in the body of Christ can intercede for you too. And that's when it's so important to sometimes have a third party in that prayer so that we can hear the Lord clearly as he works through other people who are praying for us in our lives. That's when the Lord says, in the midst of many counselors, right? With many counselors, there comes much wisdom. And sometimes you only need one other person to pray for you. And, and it really should be somebody who doesn't know you that well. Because somebody who knows you really well, they know how you feel about it already. So it's got to be someone who's a little bit more objective, that really wants to hear God's will over your will. All right, so you have been listening to the Daily Disciples podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. It is on Facebook. You can listen to this again. Um, our hosting platform is podbean.com, and you can type in Daily Disciples podcast with Tony Lee Adamson or just Daily Disciples podcast is fine. Bobby and I are the co-founders of Daily Disciples, Bobby Brooks and Tony Lee Adamson, the co-founders of Daily Disciples Ministries, dailydisciples.com. We're in the process of launching a new platform called the connectionsnetwork.tv, or you can go to the uh, Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download The Connections Network. We have a variety of original content on there, and we're also looking for original content. So if you have any uh, content that you would like a broader audience than YouTube, you're more than welcome to reach out to us. My next episodes will be on the Holy Spirit, the movement of the Holy Spirit. I, I think there's a lot of misinformation. I want to address that. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to me, messenger me, go to the websites. We get them all and, uh, and I'll reach out to you. Just give me a little bit of a like a little couple sentences of what way you want to share. And I can include you in this podcast. Thank you so much to listening to the Daily Disciples podcast 
with me today. I pray you have a great day that God blesses the work of your hands and the desires of your heart. And we all pray together that God places those desires in our heart so that he will fulfill them in our lives. And again, thank you for listening. And I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for joining Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. No more fake, fancy, or fluffy, but real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. For more information, go to dailydisciples.org or connectionsnetwork.tv. And we can't wait to talk to you soon.